Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast. I'm your host, James Cast. It's October 10th, 2022, and today is episode 86, where we look at the 1975 World Series. October 10th is also Mental Health Day, so hopefully you've been able to take a little time for yourself, step away from your normal routines, and for me, podcasts are a great way to unwind and take the little stress break, so or stress-free break, I should say, and hopefully the next 30 minutes or so will be able to provide a little bit of a lift for you. If you'd like to get in touch with me and for the podcast, you can reach out to me on my email account, tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. Also, check out my Facebook page by the same name, Tabletop Sportcast. And if you'd like to help support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com backslash tabletopsportcast, where I try to provide at least a couple of additional benefits from time to time for my Patreon supporters. All right, before we get into today's main topic, let's take a look back on the week that was on the tabletop. So it's been a little while since we did an update from the tabletop and not a lot to report as I've been I've been struggling getting to the gaming table uh, and it's not that I haven't been putting time in on the hobby. It's just been hard to keep the project momentum going um, with a lot of distractions. And right now, primary distractions have been the end of the Major League Baseball season, getting into the playoffs now, the start of the NFL season. So a lot of my free time is actually tuning into the real sports and trying to stay on top of everything that's going on in this kind of heightened environment. And I've also been trying to get into some other facets of the hobby and, you know, working on a little bit of game design for this game that I've been working on called the Fury Stakes. I've been tinkering with some card designs. I wanted to, you know, put together a baseball set using uh, the how-to guide for History Maker Baseball. So spending a little bit of time doing that. These kinds of things will just take you away from the other gameplay that you do. And honestly, I've also noticed I've just got too many active projects right now. So that's another thing that I'm trying to figure out is how to continue to have the right amount of projects going. So what have I really been focused on? Well, I have these two new games from Stone Mountain Press. Dice United that I picked up uh, waiting as I was waiting for Stone Cold Hockey. I knew Dice United was a similar game engine, so I figured, let me get that. I've been really into that game uh, recently. And then Stone Cold Hockey arrived just a few weeks later, and that has also captured my attention. So I've, I started two projects with both of those, one each, one project each, and those have certainly been dominating the play a little bit. Uh, also, you know, had the interview with Gary over a couple weeks there. I mean, it was really for me just one night that we spent talking, but kind of rekindled the spirit a little bit of getting into some other games. So Legends of Boxing has been back on the tabletop recently as well and just been continuing my historical season, uh, trying to get through season two of that historical replay. And 
And then History Maker Golf uh, just about wrapped up my all-time great duels uh, project. So I wanted to continue the momentum there. It's a nice game to get on the tabletop and and spend a you know a little bit of time playing a mono versus mono mono round. Uh, I like the I like the head-to-head format uh, more than the tournament with that, and it allows for a quick gameplay. Um, and then I really get to just focus on like one or two golfers at a time, which, uh, just makes it a little easier for those little bites there. Other than that, I haven't gotten too much else done. You know, I'm, I'm, I have good intentions to get some other projects up and running again. And, um, one of those will definitely be history maker hoops. Want to get back into my tournament as I've I'm still in the middle of the 1996 or 95-96 part of the bracket in my Hoops uh, Madness tournament that I've been running. And feel like I have a need to figure out something with History Maker Baseball. I haven't really um, caught on with a project. I kind of got distracted there with the Express game, and I feel like I need a little more time to really devote into trying to figure out the balance between doing the full game and the express game. So that's been stalled for a little while as well. Uh, so that's what I've been working on for the most part. Those, those few games. And I do have a couple of ideas for some projects I'm going to do soon, but that's those, those are the ones that I've been focused on right now. And I probably just need to start, wrapping up a couple of those and i'll probably start with the those two new ones from stone mountain press because i feel like i'm i want to really get a feel for those games i'm in the middle of them the games play fairly quick so i have a feeling i'll probably play through those a little bit more and then figure out what's going to be next and it'll be okay for me to put a couple of projects on hold for a little bit but i got three including the all-time great duels that like those three that i can really sink my teeth into right now and probably get them across the finish line. So that's probably what I'll be focused on while I do some other side projects here and there. All right. So that's the uh, recap of the tabletop. Uh, Let's get into today's main topic. So today's main topic is focused on the 1975 baseball season. And it may be a little bit of um, selective memory or maybe even revisionist memory, but I seem to remember so often that when I would get either a computer baseball game or a baseball board game, that more often than not, it seemed like included as one of the freebies in most of these games was the 1975 World Series. You would get these two teams available and in most of these games, I would get access to like the 75 Reds and the 75 Red Sox. And recently I started thinking about like, what is it about that 1975 season that makes it so ideal to be included as a freebie for a new baseball game? And we're going to talk a little bit about what makes that 75 season kind of stand out. First, let's just talk about the series itself. You know, it's it's a World Series that goes seven games. 1975 season, you know, I think 
a lot of baseball fans have seen the iconic iconic images of you know Carlton Fisk trying to wave his home run fair in game six of that World Series. And it felt like here was a chance finally for the Red Sox to break free of the curse of the Bambino and finally get that World Series win. And they they had a decent team in in the World Series, you know, in the, in 75. Uh, but they were going up against the big red machine and the Cincinnati Reds were, you know, in the middle of just a tremendous run uh, within the National League. So recapping that series, game one is a big win by the Red Sox. Uh, They win six to nothing in game one. Uh, Game two, Cincinnati gets the road win that they needed. Uh, They have a 3-2 win over the Red Sox. Game three, as they head back to Cincinnati, Cincinnati pulls it out in extra innings. Uh, they win the the with a final score six to five in the tenth inning, and then in game four, Boston evens it up by getting a road win with a five four win over the Reds. Game five sees Cincinnati win big six to two, and then of course game six is the iconic game with Fisk's home run, and as the game as the games return back to Boston. Uh, Boston gets a walk-off win, 12th inning, 7-6 to six over the Reds. And then finally, Game 7 goes to the Reds. They end up becoming the World Series champs with a 4-3 to three win. So right off the bat, just an iconic World Series. And it has that signature moment of Fisk's home run. You also had, if you heard it there, like Game 2, Game 3, Game 4, Game six and game seven, five of the seven games all decided by one run. And really just a back and forth series. I mean, nobody was ever up by more than a game. So it just really went back and forth throughout the whole thing. Um, As far as like who really had some amazing series in there, um, there wasn't a ton of just tremendous outputs. Uh, you know, Pete Rose had a really good series. Uh, he ended up with 10 hits in that world, in the playoffs anyways. Um, hit 370 throughout the playoffs. Well, I guess in the, in the World Series, he hit, you know, 370. For Boston, uh, the big hitters tended to be you know, Dwight Evans hit 292. Um, Rico Petroselli hit 308. And of course, Carly Ostremski ends up hitting 310. Uh, there was a total of six home runs hit by the Red Sox in that series. Uh, the only one who had multiple home runs, Carlton Fisk, had two, as, as did Bernie Carbo. Uh, for the Reds, there were seven home runs. Uh, Tony Perez ended up hitting three in the series. Cesar Geronimo hit two, and those were the only guys who had multiple home run games for those teams. It was a really tight series throughout. Um, Cincinnati ends up with a 388 team ERA. Uh, the let's see, winners, yeah, Raleigh Eastwick won two games in the series. Louis Tiant won two games in the series. Uh, Boston ends up with a 3.86 ERA throughout the series uh, for the team. So just tight all the way through. Now, 
One thing that really does stand out about the series is that you do get kind of like that big, you know, what if from the series. And, and the what if in this case was that Jim Rice doesn't play in this series. Now, Jim Rice in 1975, um, had a pretty decent season and I think what, you know, anytime you're sitting down and trying to replay a, a season and, and working towards something like that, you, you, one of the things you always want to reach out and do is like say, okay, well, what could have happened if this had played out a little differently? And there's probably nothing better than to be able to sit down and say, man, like what if I could have had, just one of my big hitters in that lineup. And Jim Rice in 1975, you know, he ends up hitting 309, 22 home runs, 102 RBIs. And this is a guy who then gets hurt, you know, right at the end there and isn't able to play in the World Series. So you have that just iconic, like, what if scenario? Could that series have gone differently if Jim Rice had been able to play? So right out of the gate, is it an iconic World Series? Absolutely. You have seven games. You have tight games throughout. You have that iconic signature moment with Fisk's home run. You have a couple of good individual performances. And you have that amazing like what-if scenario to be played out. So if you're putting a game on your tabletop right off the bat, like that series definitely does stand out as something that you would want to play. But how does it shape up? You know, the, you know what's amazing is when you go back and look at it, there was a lot of seven-game series that took place in a span of like, from like the, in the 60s, the 70s, and then, you know, probably by the by 1980. Like, you have a run of a, of a number of World Series um, I forget the exact count, but there's about seven different World Series that end up going seven games. So it wasn't like the fact that this series went seven games made it stand out because a lot of the series were going that way. But I think the tightness of the series is, is one of the things that stood out. Um, but it certainly didn't stand out just because it was a seven game series or anything like that. And I don't think it really stands out because of the teams that were engaged here either. Now, the Reds were definitely one of the iconic franchises of the 70s and probably the iconic franchise in the 70s from the National League. Uh, you know, you have a couple of other teams that had some pretty good runs in the 70s. Uh, you can think about the Dodgers in the late 70s. You can Think about the Pirates kind of bookending with two different lineups with Stargell being in both those lineups. But, you know, early in the decade, Pirates are good. They end up closing out the decade uh, in the 70s about the same. But the Reds, the big red machine, definitely an iconic franchise. But I don't know if the Red Sox really were the iconic franchise of the 70s. Uh, there's probably two American League teams you would pick before the Red Sox. Uh, you certainly could go with the Oakland A's, uh, who had a great run 
up until 75. I think it was 71 through 74 that, you know, they were basically in it every year. And, and then you got the Yankees coming on right after that uh, with back-to-back World Series championships. And really from like uh, 76 through 80, the Yankees are probably the dominant team in the American League, uh, including like, you know, the Bucky Dent home run that beats the Red Sox in 78 uh, to, to take the division title and keep Boston out of the playoffs. Boston's a, gr- a good team. And both these lineups have a number of Hall of Famers on it, right? You've got uh, Yastrzemski and Fisk and Rice, and uh, and then you've got some other big stars. Uh, you know, Cecil Cooper's on that 75 team, Freddie Lynn, Petroselli, uh, in the you got Louis Tion, uh, Bill Lee, the spaceman. So you've, you've got a lot of really big players for the Boston Red Sox, in addition to like just the stacked lineup that you're going to find over in Cincinnati. Um, and if you're, you know, just in case you're somehow not familiar, um, let's re- kind of go through their, their lineup a little bit. You know, Johnny Bench, Tony Perez, Joe Morgan, Pete Rose, George, George Foster, Ken Griffey. Uh, in your, you know, the pitching staff wasn't really anything to really write home about, but it was a solid staff. I mean, they just had really good pitchers, although nobody who was like kind of like a household name necessarily. Um, but that lineup was just loaded. So um, loaded with great hitters in that, in, 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 on that Reds team. And then, of course, you had, you know, probably, again, another monster season from Joe Morgan that year. Uh, Morgan ends up hitting 327, 17 homers, 94 RBIs, 67 stolen bases, uh, just the driving force of, like, that Reds team. So that's that's what you have for this iconic series. And one iconic team and another team that's good, although I wouldn't really call them the iconic team. And in fact, if you really wanted to like pick like a series to really kind of write home about in in this, you know, decade, it probably isn't 75, right? You probably want to shoot for something more like um you know, 74 even, or 71, uh, I want to say like those were some years where you really had some good opportunities to have some amazing, you know, results with uh, 72 World Series, Oakland and Cincinnati. Those are two of your iconic franchises right there, and and you'd probably be tempted to go with them, um, you know, that would probably be one of the ones that I would pick if I was picking like a series. But again, 75 stands out a little bit. And 72, by the way, another one of those World Series that does go seven games. Um, what's interesting is, you know, if you go through the 70s, uh, you know, 71, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, seven games. 72, Oakland and Cincinnati, seven games. Uh, 73, Oakland and the Mets. The Mets weren't really a great team that year either, but that goes seven games. Um, you know, obviously we talked about 75, um, and then we've got 
a little bit of a break until 79 when Pittsburgh and Baltimore face again. Again, the same teams in 71 as you have in 79, and that one goes seven games again. So a lot of seven-game series, a lot of iconic franchises in there, a lot of stars from the 70s. I think also seven, the 70s stands out a little bit because it's one of those decades, especially the middle of the decade, you know, 74, 75, 76, where baseball offered just a little bit of everything that you would want in a game. And when you're thinking about seasons that are worth replaying on your tabletop, you want to have a little bit of everything. And when I say a little bit of everything, you had the power hitters. You had guys putting up some decent power numbers. Um, you know, if we go to like 75 and and we talk about like the leaderboards here, <coughs> excuse me, we would have, you know, in the batting races, you had, um, you know, home run hitters like Mike Schmidt hitting 38, you know, uh, George Scott hitting 36, Dave Kingman 36, you know, Reggie Jackson hits 36. So you have some good home run hitters. Uh, you also had guys who were hitting for some decent averages as well. Um, in 75, you know, Rod Carew hits, uh, I think, 359, Bill Madlock 354, Ted Simmons 332, Freddie Lynn hit 331. You had guys who could run, right? You had um, some decent base stealers that year. You know, Davey Lope steals 77. Mickey Rivers steals 70. Joe Morgan, we talked about, had 67. Lou Brock hits, you know, steals like over 50, 56, I think. You had base stealers. Um, you also had some really impressive pitching performances going on in, like, in that middle of that decade, too. Um, 20 game winners that year, uh, Catfish Hunter, Jim Palmer, Vita Blue, Tom Seaver, Jim Cott, Mike Torres, um, Randy Jones, all, all those guys won 20 games in 75. Uh, you know, it's the absence of like Cincinnati and Boston there in, in a couple of these categories here. Um, you still had closers too. You had, you know, not – they didn't have the big totals that you see these days, but, you know, Goose Gossage, you know, saved 26 games. You know, Raleigh Fingers, 24. Um, Raleigh Eastwick of the Reds, he had 22. Um, Al Habrosky also had 22. So you had that, and then you had some big strikeout performances too uh, from your starting pitchers. You know, um, Frank Tananis struck out 269 Seaver again 243 Burt Blylevin 233 and you know Gaylord Perry uh also had 233 so you've got your strikeout pitchers so you get a little bit of everything across the board on your leaderboard you're gonna have you got your speed guys you can hit for average you got some power hitters you've got power pitchers you've got your closers you've got really good front end starting pitching just about everything you could ask for in terms of building a game on your tabletop. So 75 offers just that little bit of flavor there too. And, and I also think like from, you know, the average run scored per team, you're in that neighborhood of like, it's pretty much right on like where you would be for your historical major league baseball averages. Um, they're going to be right around that. Like, you know, four and a half runs per game 
uh, when you look at the 1975 season. And and that's another, another important factor, too, because you don't have something like you had in like 67, 68, right? Like there were some iconic performances in those years, but it was really the pitching heavy years, right? And then you're not talking about like more of the modern game where it feels like it's getting into much more of uh, an offensive driven league. Like 75 falls into that nice space of looking at it and saying, wow, this is right around where I'd want to be in terms of the averages for all time. Um, yeah, in fact, 75, you were right at like 4.2 runs per game. So it's a little up on the lower end, but close enough that you would definitely feel like, okay, this is something that is going to play like I would expect baseball to play out. And then I think it's a little bit of the age too. Like what age are most people at? You know, I think when I talk to most tabletop gamers, a lot of them fall with, you know, are within those, those couple of decades and the sixties stand out, the, you know, and the seventies stand out. Um, by the seventies, you at least have had expansion through the sixties and not that all the teams were really clicking at that point, but, You've got, you know, in 75, you have the 24 franchises as opposed to just the 16. So you have a better chance to hit a few more teams that um, that expand across the, you know, baseball empire at that point. Um, I think those are some of the factors that really make 75 kind of stand out and why you would probably lean towards a season like 75 and picking those two world series teams as like potential freebies because they just give you that little bit of flavor. <clears throat> and even looking at those two rosters, again, you get a little bit, especially with Cincinnati, you know, you've got guys like Morgan who can run uh, on Boston. You've got guys like Yaz and Rice and even on the Reds, Foster, and bench guys who can hit for some serious power uh, you've got good average hitters guys like pete rose um you've got freddie lynn having a big monster season i think it was his rookie year even in 75 and then you've got some good pitchers you got guys like louis tion um you've got some closer possibilities so yeah maybe not the most iconic teams that you're going to find especially from the 70s other than the reds you know the red sox probably fall a little short there but that series just kind of stands out and it's in the right age for a lot of folks. <laughs> it was at the height of that, right in the center of, of everything you're thinking about from the sixties and seventies and eighties, which most of that gaming, that tabletop gaming crew and, 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 um, audience, that's kind of like right in the middle of the sweet spot for a lot of folks there. So I think that's, those are some of the factors that go into like why 1975 was probably offered as a freebie for a lot of folks uh, and was offered by a lot of games. <clears throat> now you see a lot of different things getting offered. Maybe it's a, a small set of a, a recent season. Um, you know, you can pick some teams. Uh, maybe they offer you a couple of teams. Um, you know, we talked about... Maybe there's other iconic baseball seasons. I've seen things like 
the 61 season gets offered because, you know, you get the Mantle and Maris home run chase. Uh, I'm sure, like, if you're looking for at more recent seasons, you know, that 98 season, I think it was 98, right, with McGuire and Sosa, I could see that being something that people would want um, as part of, like, a freebie. And then you've got some other iconic World Series from different decades. You know, 55 always seems to stand out with the Dodgers. Uh, you could see um, even those six, like we talked about 67 and 68 uh, with the Cardinals. I think it was, you know, 68 and it was Cardinals and Tigers and just, you know, the pitching dominance that you had back then. So, but 75, you know, it does definitely stand out and it hits a lot of the notes that you would want for what would I want to have in an iconic ex- baseball experience. So, if you get a chance, like, and if you haven't played with those two teams, it's worth it because you get a chance to just kind of recreate one of those great World Series um, and see if you can get it to go seven games and and have as many close games as they had, as they did. And what if, what if Jim Rice had been able to play in that 75 series? Would that have turned out differently? Play it on your tabletop and find out. All right, that's a wrap on this week's episode as we look back at the 1975 World Series, one that I seem to remember being included as a freebie for a lot of different baseball games that I picked up. Uh, just seemed to always be one of those teams you could get access to. Next week uh, on the Tabletop Sportcast, I will actually be at the Play uh, Hoops and Hardball in Hartford event. And hoping to record from the event, um, maybe do like a live on, on, on the spot episode. So look forward to that. I'll try to meet up with some of the people. I don't know who's attending yet, but looking forward to meeting some of the play gamers at the uh, Hoops and Hardball and Hartford event. And we'll be there this weekend. So if, you'll, if you're going to be in attendance, looking forward to meeting you. Uh, if we've already met, it's going to be good to see you again. But uh, I know it'll be fun time and looking forward to seeing like the full hoops game and try to play some of these playoff games uh, pre-play using the History Maker Baseball Express. So that'll be next week. I'll either post the episode while I'm there or uh, when I get back. So looking forward to letting you know how that event played out. Until then... Appreciate the support and thanks for listening.